is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Blattcast on my phone ready to play right now. When she was just five years old There was nothing happening at all Every time she turned on the radio There was nothing going down at all Then one morning on a Detroit station Couldn't believe what she heard at all Yes, exactly. It's a great way to start. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone who's watching us live. Welcome to a very special Black Cast. Our friend Don Jameson, for those watching, can see he's got the very large uh, Highway to Hell uh, mug. And I, I believe, you know, I can tell that's a frosted mug. You kept that mug in the freezer, didn't you? That's that's the uh, the real way to keep your mugs. And uh, what better way to uh, celebrate St. Patrick's Day than uh, honoring uh, an album from uh, somebody who uh, drank probably all three of our share of liquor uh, in his lifetime, even though he's been uh, like clean for real for, what is it, almost 40 years at this point. But uh, yeah. <laughs> he packed it all in before that. In any case, uh, as always, I'm Christian Blatt. Uh, as I mentioned, Don Jameson is with us. You know him, of course, from that metal show and that Jameson show on Compound Media. Don, thanks for taking the time to talk Alice with us. You never have to twist my arm to talk about the coup. He's one, one of my uh, one of my all time heroes, and uh, still at seventy three, uh, just as good as he ever was, if not better. So this is uh, this is great, and we always love when Alice puts out new music. So let's do yes. it. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. And of course, uh, Carson is with us as well. Um, yeah, I want to give my glass a shout out, which is my GNR Bullet Whiskey glass. Oh man, I have. Hello. I, mm-hmm. I just have I just have a lame like podcast <laughs> sponsor cup of water. I am Wait, very you're sponsored? Lame. No, no, no. Dennis Miller's sponsor. But I I do have my Met St. Patrick's Day hat that I'm just not wearing with uh, a little little Mr. Met with his uh, beard and his hat. So, you know, I'm at least festive if I'm not drinking anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I wanted to just spend a couple minutes talking about Alice before we dive into the album. Uh, Don was kind enough to uh, be on the podcast not too long ago when we talked about him then. But uh, just sort of a a quick... uh, in a nutshell, you know, when you first uh, discovered the coop, Don, and uh, what maybe for you are some of the high points uh, album-wise, and if if you wanna if you wanna cast aspersions to some of your less favorite points, feel free to do that because uh, I, I I have I have one or two for myself. So yeah, I, I you know what I'm 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 too positive of, of a guy, so I'll stick to all the positive. Please especially stick to the positive, it, especially when it comes to to music, right? So. Um, you know, Coop's been on my radar, you know, not too long after uh, I discovered Kiss. I always loved the theatrical bands. They're, you know, still among my favorites. And, um, 
for me, I think my my favorite album by Alice, which which um, not probably not a lot of people would go with, but uh, from the inside is my favorite Alice Cooper album. I just love all the characters he created on that record. Uh, obviously, it's a true story about you know his battle with the bottle. Um, and back then, they didn't have Betty Ford Clinic, so uh, they literally threw him in a a mental asylum or whatever the correct woke word is these days i don't know but uh <laughs> they yeah. put him in a place where there was a lot of uh a lot of crazies and he was but there was nowhere else to go and um i thought he made a, just a brilliant album out of it so uh but uh yeah there's a there's a, a million of them along the way i was just listening to brutal planet in the shower yeah. you know that's one i don't want to say obviously that's not a modern classic but um you know no but it's it, it, it's it's 21st century and and uh, Carson yeah. and I were actually talking about brutal planet and uh you know it it had been it had been a few years since he had put something out where I'm like oh this is great I don't even I don't think he put much out between last temptation and that and then that was just like a nice return you know to like what you wanted from him basically you know and uh like that song brutal planet I think like even within the last few years he still started off the show with it you know what I mean mm -hmm. the live show yeah. and uh yeah so, uh, I, I, yeah, I think that, uh, and you were saying that, uh, from the inside is not a lot of people's favorite, but, uh, it is mine as you and I talked about in the past. And, uh, there's just some great songs on there and it, it's, it's weird. I think it's what you get when Alice comes out of a, of a, of basically a, a, an asylum and then gets together with Bernie Taupin and writes some music about it, you know? And, uh, I think that's a great one. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've talked about how I really, first discovered Alice on the trash album. Just, uh, I was 13 when that came out. That was the first concert I went to uh, at the Ritz in New York. And uh, my mom actually made me a fake ID for it. So that was actually pretty rock and roll, <laughs> it, but it was like a fake school ID because I just had to be 16. And they just looked at it and they're like, whatever, you know, they really, they really didn't care. So great. Yeah. And that. that was a, uh, that was a, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, honestly, that it, it's to, to have Alice be your first show. It's like, well, anybody else is going to be a little bit of a letdown, but uh, so, and then you just, you go back to the, the back catalog and, you know, it was like, Oh, school's out. I knew that riff because uh, you know, anybody who grew up in the Northeast, uh, you knew what a big part of your life, the, uh, the, the daily uh, school closings on the radio were in the winter. And uh, the, the station that I would listen to would like, just have like a, a loop of uh, schools out playing in the background. And uh, I'm like, Oh, that's what that's from. <laughs> and you just find it. And it's all so great. And, you know, I've seen them a lot of times and uh, it's, you know, most tours since then he had a few years where he didn't, but uh you know, and it's uh, I, I like some of the weird stuff, you know, I mean, the the albums that he says he doesn't remember from uh, Flesh the Fashion through Dada. I mean, even Dada's pretty weird, but uh, there's a song called I Love America that that really stands out. And when Don and I were trading uh, texts, uh, I think it was back in December, your friend Eddie Trunk was doing a, a top 20 Alice Cooper lists on his radio show. And uh, I had I had that on. I think I had uh, passed the gun around on mine is actually the song that I used. But uh, I also made you realize that you left off a great song, Teenage Lament 74 from Muscle Love. So it was like you had to, <laughs> you needed like an extra, like a, like a 4A or something for your list. So, um, but uh, Carson, what about you? Now I know from, I can tell from the top of that shirt that yeah. that is a uh, Alice Cooper trash shirt. 
It is. And that one, I think like you, Christian, that's what brought me to the party. This, uh, you know, a little bit young to have been into the Headbangers Ball and whatever, but that, you know, like poison hooked me. And then I got the tape for Christmas and I remember sitting with my Walkman listening to it and couldn't believe that my parents had bought this for me. Because, I mean, there's like some, when you're like 12 years old, that's some pretty sexually explicit stuff that you're listening to. And um, then growing up, and getting to discover Alice later on. And, you know, we were just talking about Brutal Planet and that too, that just still, that hammers me every time. But what's great about the juxtaposition of an album like Trash as a, like young, uh, you guys don't have this experience, but as a young girl, um, and then growing up and realizing the humor and the, this, like the verbal sleight of hand that Alice inserts into the lyrics and again it's like rock and roll is still fun with him and i feel like we've lost so much of that and i know we're going to dive into the new album and i was so glad to see that was still alive and kicking on this even with some of the stuff that he's pulling from in songs that you know he's covering sure yeah and i, I think that you know obviously there's there's some great tongue-in-cheek you know songs like cold ethel and just i love the dead in particular you know it's uh the fact that you know and you have to think about the you know the early 70s uh, it's like yeah just listen to these songs about necrophilia on this album it'll be all right <laughs> but yeah the thing about trash it's just like yeah I, I can imagine being you know a, a girl because we're the same age and it's like yeah bed of nails like when you really yep. start to listen to it you're like oh okay but uh yep. you know <laughs> but uh somehow you know listening to to trash at that age and by the way you're right i i, I did get it on cassette because cds were for fancy people it, there was a there was that that time period the late 80s it was like once we were into the the 90s then it was i was getting stuff on cd but uh yeah and it's uh it was great i mean look that video for poison that really mm -hmm. i don't know did so much for him, you know and uh, it's interesting because, you know, Don, obviously uh, Desmond Child produces that record and there's, you know, you listen to it now and it's like, oh yeah, it's definitely his Bon Jovi record, you know. Um, I, I forget oh, yeah. which song it is. It might even be Bed of Nails. One of those Desmond wrote as a Bon Jovi song. And I think I think that's the one. Uh, but uh, there's, you know, and, and he definitely gets that feel. Um, but uh, are you able to appreciate that era or you're like, you just love, I mean, not that you dislike it, but is like the seventies really what you like, or are you okay with the trash? Hey, stupid stuff. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm all over the map, man. I really am. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I'll go from, from the inside, which is an album written with Bernie Taupin and his influences palpable on that album. And then, you know, I love Hey Stupid. So I do, you know, I do have an affinity for some of the 80s stuff. You know, Trash wasn't my favorite. I'm definitely, Hey Stupid to me is a much better album. I love yeah. Heavy Metal Alice. Which did Constrictor and Raise Your Fist and Yell. And then, you know, you know, then sort of going a little industrial with Brutal Planet. And then ever since then, just sort of just jump in from genre to genre uh, as he's gone um, and, and ex you know, dipping his toe back into the 70s here. You know, yeah. uh, obviously he's dipping his toe into Detroit on this one. So uh, I don't have a preference for any of them. You know, it's yeah. just uh, any any a great album by Alice is a great album. 
Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I mentioned Flush the Fashion in pass- passing. That was like his new wave album. You know, I mean, they're you know, a song like Clones. It, it's a it's a very like 1980 feel, but in a way that's like, oh, but that's such a cool song. And I know that he he'll occasionally he usually like put one rare song in the set list, and it was that one a few years ago. So like, yep. you know, when you get that song, you're like, this is amazing. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that uh, obviously that. You know, returning with the the Kip Winger, Kane Hodder, you know, Constrictor, Raise Your Fist and Yell part, that that was huge. But the commercial success that he got from uh, Trash really, I think, is, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that 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 sort of bought him like the the next, it was probably like the next like really 10 plus years until uh, he started putting out albums regularly. But anyway, so I do want to talk about (laughs) uh, Detroit stories. Hey, Christian, uh, can I just just jump in real quick? It just, I just want to. Because I'm on my phone, but if, yeah. if my audio is not great, I can quickly log off and log on on my laptop. It actually sounds fine. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, we can hear you fine. And uh, that's cool. that's the thing is, you know, the, the iPhone is uh, such a great product that uh, it's, it's better than a lot of computers. You probably sound better than I do. And I have the, I have the fancy microphone and everything. Uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, Detroit Stories, which is the new album. And I know I have the cd i'm sure don i'm sure you have it on vinyl uh but uh i <laughs> but uh because oh, whenever i see when, whenever i see your show especially when you're doing interviews from home you've always got some vinyl you know you were talking about you're talking about paranoid uh on the latest episode of your show and of course because you were at home you you held up the vinyl you know and and uh that was a that was a fun segment which we'll we'll talk about stuff like that but uh what were you gonna say carson i was gonna ask did you guys get the um bundle with the face mask and the little keychain no i did not i have the keychain i meant to bring it in so i could like put it on my wall but yeah like where you just get alice's eyes uh, in the little circle like it's like a laser pointer but it's honestly it's a lot of fun when you're sitting in your studio alone which I want to do most of my day. So I just like point Alice Cooper eyes at my wall. It's, I mean, it's little things like that that just, given the last year, really make things fun. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a it's a guy who, you know, throws out uh, dollar bills with his face on it. And uh, the, you know, the Dirty Diamonds, uh, once he had that song, that was like it seemed like that song was just there so he could throw cheap necklaces, you know, like the like white Mardi Gras beads into the audience. And uh, my wife is always upset that we're never anywhere near where those no. land. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the one time the one time we actually had really good seats, uh, the diamonds went way behind us. So it's like you just can't win but anyway I, I wanted to talk general and then we'll kind of break down you know favorite moments of it. i want to talk about detroit stories and I'm gonna i'll go, ask i want to just grab my notebook real quick yeah I please so, down some notes hold on great we need we, i love having the notes and uh carson you've had a you've had a couple of uh of weeks to uh live with this uh album and i wanted mm-hmm. to you know produced by bob ezrin wanted to talk to you a little bit about just uh, your overall thoughts we'll kind of go through it uh, all together but uh, yeah, what did you just, think um, I look again, it's very hard for me to find an Alice product. I don't like, but look at that. He's, but like, you know, and you go, that's a great like, notebook, by the way. <laughs> Love that. It's so good. Um, but again, there's, there's some really great moments and some moments. And again, I coming out this and I've realized as, as a chick in the rock world, who's been raised in this, that God, I just love Alice for songs that, like on the surface, you think you're gonna like he never is, but you're like, oh, this is heading so misogynistic, and you're like, nope, this is such a feminist song, and it's there's still so many examples of that on this album, and I love it so much because 
you don't have to dive deep into the music. That's not what rock and roll has to be about. But I love that it's there. I love that he's smart. And this is just more clever, creative art that we get from him. He's a true artist. And it's evident here. Yeah. And I, I like that it has, uh, you know, it has a cohesive sound to the album. I mean, when you look at it, it, it there's definitely some differences. I mean, you had the first songs written by Lou Reed, the last songs written by Bob Seger, and then, you know, his current band and his original band. And it, it you know, obviously he's got, uh, he's got Bob Ezrin producing it. So, you know, he makes it all, uh, it, it, it all fits together in a way, you know, where it's not, I think that a lot of times you get albums, look, you, you can also get albums that are like, you know, Th two or three pretty good songs in a bunch where you're like, okay, I guess, you know, but uh, I, I think that uh, it really works uh, as a, as an album. I mean, I also really liked his last album, uh, Paranormal Activity. Uh, and I thought that uh, I was excited that, uh, you know, as disappointed as I was that I couldn't see him and Lita Ford and Tesla at the Hollywood Bowl last year. Uh, it, the fact that it got us this album, I'm like, well, that's a, that's at least an okay trade-off. All right. So Don, you went and got your notes and uh, we're just going to talk overall <laughs> for a moment. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what did you think of, uh, what do you think of Detroit stories? I think, um, you know, it's a really easy album to listen to. Um, you know, I, th I think Carson hit the nail on the head in terms of the lyrical content. Uh, it's, you know, the stuff that he wrote is is pure Alice um, with the tongue in cheek and all that stuff. Fun slash funny lyrics to a lot of the tunes. Um, you know, certainly he went with a, a formula, you know, uh, and he went with a theme. Um, so, you know, sticking to that theme, you're going to hear a lot of those Detroit influences, um, and musicians from that area. Obviously you got Wayne Kramer on there. You got a little bit of Motown in there. Um, and even a little, uh, little Joe Bonamassa, which has nothing to do with Detroit, but, uh, if you can get him to lay down, <laughs> you, you get him. So, um, you know, I agree with you, Christian, as well, in terms of, it works as as a cohesive um, album with a great flow. There's only one song in here that doesn't fit the album. And, you know, when we talk song to song, we'll get to it. Yeah, I'm wondering, uh, we probably uh, have the same song. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, it, it, it's great. Look, I think that there, there are probably albums that have come out the last few years from artists where it's like, even if I don't like it, I'm like, look, at least they're still putting stuff out. You know, it's a, yeah. it seems like every other month Gene Simmons says rock is dead so that there can be headlines that say Gene Simmons says rock is dead. You know, I, I think that, you know, Gene's brilliant. He knows that that's what happens when he says it. Uh, and I, I think that it, look, it's great when somebody puts out a record that you're like, Oh, this is, this is what I want. You know, you know that these songs will fit well into the stage show. And I think that, uh, especially with Alice, that's a big part of it. Um, and I would say that, uh, you know, he has a song from the eyes of Alice Cooper that was just called, uh, it was not called Detroit rock city, obviously, but, uh, Detroit city. And then, then, so there's this song, there's a song in this album called Detroit city 2021. And I was like, I almost wish he had just like, you know, re-recorded. And, and included his song from uh, I think that was 2009 uh, and and just put it in there but you know it's uh, it, it'll all work together and that doesn't mean it won't be in the uh, the song list so uh, let's just go through so and, and you know look it's uh, we've got like I said the first song rock and roll is by Lou Reed 
Um, I don't know that much about the backstory and, you know, when Lou Reed wrote this, but I'm going to just assume it's not in the last couple of years, just a guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, considering he's been dead for the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, uh, you know, look, look, you know, Don, you've worked in you've worked with enough comedians who have uh, died four years ago. They just don't realize it yet. You know, so <laughs> well, Jimi Hendrix is still putting out albums. Uh, so <laughs> Jimi Hendrix puts out an album every year. You know, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't miss it. You know, he's, and, he's been the most consistent consistent recording artist since he passed away <laughs> exactly uh it, yeah and i mean it, it's like it, you'd have to wonder about some of these vaults i mean it, you know uh prince has all this music he didn't want to come out but uh now that he passed away his estate's like just put it out let's just Do see it. what happens um but uh so we have this song rock and roll and i, I don't know i i really like this song because i think it it fits it's a great table setter for like what the album is you know when i heard that this album was going to be called detroit stories i was like all right, I guess I don't, you know, I mean, God, the guys lived in Phoenix since the early eighties, but uh, if he wants to tell Detroit stories, but that being said, I think that uh, it really worked. And I thought it, this was a, a nice way to uh, start it. What do you think, Carson? I love this song and I'll be honest, I wasn't familiar with it. And I'm, I'm not always good at the history part of rock and roll. And I right out of the gate, I was like, this is um, uh, the lyrics for, again, I'm a chick. We live on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I've got like three captions lined up that I can use when I need to post pictures some more. And it's just a solid way to start off this album. And especially because you are doing, uh, like, it, it's a tribute song in itself, you know, that he's using another artist's work. And I think that's a really solid way to kick off this album. And it's just a solid tune on its own. And honestly, it's one of my favorites that we've had on this record right out of the gate. Yeah, I think that uh, like that's really important. You 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 don't want to put the uh, the 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 first song. You don't want to make somebody go like, wait, why did I put this on? You know, I yeah. mean, uh, that that's how you. Speaking of records produced by Bob Ezrin, that's how you have uh, Kiss's music from the Elder uh, released. You know, a concept album uh, released with all the songs out of sequence because they're like, <laughs> ain't, ain't nobody wants to hear just a boy to start the album. You know. <laughs> And, and look, they weren't they weren't wrong, no. but it's like, well, just uh, let it try. But uh, what do you think about rock and roll? The song as a table setter for this, Don. Well, I'll, as a table, um, well, let me put it. I'll start this way. Um, I, you know, I think it's I think it's an interesting cover. It's it, you know, um, Alice is definitely, you know, what he, I guess what he said in the press was, you know, he uh, he put a, a V eight engine in it from. Uh, you know, from the Ford plant in Detroit and, and kind of revved it up. Um, and, and obviously he, he put the, his own Alice touch on it. Uh, so I think it's a good song. I, as a table setter, not, it wouldn't have been my choice. I would have flip-flopped it with another song, which I can either tell you or we could wait good. Yeah, which, 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 yeah. which song do you think would be the, the right one to I would have started out the album with Detroit City 2021. That, I can, to me I can is see the, that. Yeah. That's the table setter. Um, yeah. Opening any album with a cover is weirdo to me. You know, I would, you know, I yeah. wouldn't open a comedy album with Bill Burr's joke, you know, although <laughs> I probably should because I probably get a lot more downloads. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I thought, I just think it's a weird table setter overall because, again, while it's a good song, it doesn't like, to me, it doesn't punch you in the face. Um, it's also, a, a very iconic New York artist. And this is an album about Detroit. So I yeah. know Alice knows how to spin it. Like I said, he said, you know, they took it to Detroit and put a V8 in it and souped it up. 
okay, I'll buy that. I'll buy anything Coop tells me. But um, as a table setter, eh, I would I would have flip flopped it. Yeah, no, no. I think that that would uh, also be a great way to do it. But yeah, and it's true. At least the uh, the other cover, uh, East Side Story, is you know the is the Bob Seger song. At least that's that's you know that guy is Detroit. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, and I do agree with you though. Like, unless it's your Hollywood Vampires album where most stuff is covers. Uh, yeah, it's usually usually the covers go best like towards the end. You know, uh, yeah. it's uh. You know, uh, Faith No More have a cover of War Pigs that I think is actually a, a pretty cool cover. And uh, it's the last thing on their album, you know, and I'm like, great. Yeah, that's where it should be, you know. Sure. And a lot of times, look, especially in the, the age of CD, the, the covers were always like the bonus tracks, you know. I mean, they weren't I mean, really cover good action at track three. So yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, they did okay with it. I'm just, you know. Yeah. But, uh so uh, the uh, the the second song, "Go Man Go," uh, I uh, also I I I only have one song that I that I don't love, and it's mostly because it doesn't fit. So I'm going to probably say a lot of the same things. But this is uh, this is you know he wrote "Go Man Go" with Tommy Henriksen, uh, who's obviously been his guitarist for a while, but uh, also Wayne Kramer and uh, Bob Ezrin. So uh, it, that's that's the best thing about you know uh, Don's friend Eddie Trunk always talks about getting you know physical. Uh, uh, your physical relationship with music because of this reason that instead of like having to have a window open where I'm like, wait, who wrote this and who wrote that? It's just, you just look at the booklet. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that this is a, this is a good one. Uh, this wouldn't be, wouldn't have been my choice for an album opener. Uh, but I do also want to bring in, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Detroit stories and I want to bring in a guy who is very much uh, Detroit as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Mark Tacchini from the three sides of the coin podcast. Mark, hey. thanks for joining us. We appreciate uh, having you. Very honored to be here. Very happy. And, you got me. and I know that, uh, you know, Don and uh, that's my friend Ooh. Carson up there. Hey, and, uh, hey, Mark. yeah. And, and uh, Mark, uh, as I mentioned, is from the Three Sides of the Coin podcast, which is uh, the the biggest Kiss podcast. And you know, you guys have been doing it for so long, you would think like, oh, you can't possibly talk about Kiss every week. But uh, you guys managed to make it entertaining. You know, uh, I, I know I couldn't talk about Kiss every week and have people be interested in it. But uh, and talk look, about you Kiss every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I will tell you, you know, um, much like. Uh, Mr. Jameson over here. I, I'm just in general a music geek. Plug me in. I mean, this guy means this guy literally means just as much to me as Kiss does, and all my other favorite Detroiters. You know, Nugent, and uh, all the way Steger. You know, all the way on down. I mean, that that stuff was just that. That was the really interesting thing about this record, is because I don't think people around the world get it. And I don't mean to sound pretentious about it. But just growing up when I did in the 70s and 80s, just rock and roll was just such a huge deal here. And you couldn't help but just be bombarded by it. And, uh, you know, just listening to this stuff, and we'll get on with it. You know, unlike my show, you know, here I am, Mr. Courtesy, because I actually took notes. I did all this. like. Really <laughs> Here's what I love is that everybody took notes for this show, except for the host. I I've got it all in here, but yeah, but look at Don's cool notebook, uh, Mark. <laughs> so. hey, Don, I, I was this close to running over to, to the magic room over here. Did you get the, the box set with the desk? With the, uh, for um, Detroit stories? No, 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 no. The, the, the school's out where the desk opens up. 
<laughs> it wasn't oh. so much schools out. It was the retro of his of the entire early. Oh, oh maybe because I do this a lot on three side. Maybe I'll go get it and I can show yeah. you why I was upset. Yeah, with it, but. yeah, please. I, I I love stuff like that. You know, I <laughs> waited for them. You know, they put down the slimmed version of that box that box set like a year oh. later. That's when I got it, uh, where it was just the you know it was almost like a long box size with all the discs like packed into it, um, because. I was like, oh, I need those songs from Monster Dog. I was like, I was so excited. That that box set had all the stuff that like I had like recorded with my stereo hooked up to my VHS back in the day because I'm like, oh, I want to have all these songs, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I I didn't get the cool desk, but uh, if if you do want to show us why you're unhappy with it, uh, we'll, well give you a chance to content, run off and get it. The content was cool, but I think the guys. I think I don't know if that was Rhino or whatever. They're like, yeah, it's eleven thirty. We said we'd have this thing done by midnight. Went over to Kinko's, you know, got on the color copier. Didn't even look to see how the copier went. Here, these kids, they won't know any better, and they threw all the crap in the box. I, when I got that thing, I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me! It was very, <laughs> very. Difficult. It took me long enough to find a, a, an original pressing that still had the panties inside. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and that that was schools out that had the panties, or was yeah. that uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know the, I'm wearing the them right now, Christian. Well, that's why that's I know that's why you found it for the show, and the the shirt I'm wearing I actually got uh, at the Hollywood Bowl uh, because when they played at the Hollywood Bowl, when they you know look, some of us might be like, I can't believe he was opening for Motley Crue, but let's let's understand it was Motley Crue's farewell tour. It was a huge venue, but he hadn't played since the School's Out tour. Uh, he hadn't played at the Hollywood Bowl. Obviously, he played all over L.A. So uh, the the shirt says like however many thousand days it was since then. But I know that at the at the show that they did originally at the Hollywood Bowl, they had like a like an airplane overhead and they dropped like the paper like panties all over uh, everybody. And uh, and Carson, I'm sorry. I know that some women hate the word panties. And uh, it I really I is awful. But given <laughs> Why you're talking about it? It's, it's utilitarian, so I will allow it. Yeah, look, it's Alice. You know what are we but gonna that's do? The other thing, right? Like, come yeah. on. But uh, yeah, and that that's that's better than you know. I have, I, I think I have from the the trash tour. I have like a dollar bill with his face on it that uh, you know I grabbed off of the the sword. Anyway, so as we're talking about the new album, uh, Mark, we only uh, started going through the tracks just a, a, a couple minutes ago. But just uh, give us your overall thoughts, and then we'll talk about the first few songs, Mark. Uh, I really dig it. Um, I, I I I like the fact, um, you know, a he's paying homage to his. Uh, you know, granted, he was born here, um, but, you know, he really did. His career took off um, thanks in, in part. I don't know if this is again. I'm a really geeky Alice fan, too. And it's not just Kiss. Uh, CKLW, the the are, are, do you guys know what the story behind that? I'm 18, got airplay because it had to have Canadian content. And CKLW was from Windsor, Ontario, which is a city right across from Detroit. Bob Ezrin, who was Canadian produced love it to death and therefore they called cklw the great eight back then the power was was not with uh fm it was with am it would reach like chicago and cleveland and you know oh, wow. it, it would reach well all of a sudden the canadian content rule they start playing i'm 18 and that's where alice really hit and then they moved out west they moved uh to just north of detroit to a city called pontiac 
and they really got in with you know the mc5 and seeger and nugent and, and matter of fact he talks about it on and i gotta admit i'm not crazy about the version of Detroit, detroit city on this the 2003 version is way better that than, that, uh, that was that was one of the things that i said uh, a couple minutes ago is that i would have loved to have just to re-record that song instead of doing you know uh detroit city 2021 uh because i i really <laughs> i think that's from the eyes of alice cooper i love that that song yeah you know that was really his first attempt to do this sort of garage yep. music if you totally. remember he came yeah he, he came off the brutal planet and the dragon town and you know he he went into the garagey thing and honestly i i, remember, I told my brother this today because i was telling him i was doing this and he grew up a big alice cooper fan just like myself and 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 we were both singing the praises of eyes of i mean that is just a great rock and roll of I mean, that's a very detroit sort of sounding garagey record too yeah. i love that yeah, I think that song Novocaine on that album, if it had come yeah. out in like 1988, it would have been a, a huge MTV song. You know, it just sort of came out at a time where, you know, I, I think that like people who love that kind of music, they're like, great, I'm going to buy a new Alice album. And, you know, what we didn't mention is that this album, you know, look, a lot of the charts are obviously so different now, but uh, it did debut number one. And that's obviously a lot of times with the with pre-sales. You have all these artists who either haven't had a number one in a long time, or I think Judas priest had the first one of their career but then it's like you know three weeks later it's it's you know like 38 or something you know on yesterday's three side show i brought that up but with a caveat the, it debuted at number one with thirteen thousand in sales you would have been yeah 15 years ago 20 years ago if for here it's number one that would have gotten you dropped yeah i know look i mean uh, not to get too sidetracked but uh that's the way i think uh all of our shows go is you know and when you look at like tv ratings now like something is like oh and then the top show of the week had a 0 0.9 and like that show wouldn't have gotten a second episode when any of us were kids you know and it's just like you know so like the threshold is so different now and i think it's because people you know it's like you're able to factor in how many streams on Spotify. It almost doesn't matter how many physical uh, CDs you sell. So, uh, Mark, let's uh, get caught up with you. Uh, the first two songs we were talking about, Rock and Roll, the Lou Reed song, and Go Man Go. Uh, that's as far as we got, actually, uh, before you popped in. I'll give in. you my, my 15 seconds on each. Rock and Roll, I will tell you, that song, the Mitch Ryder version, was played ad nauseum here in Detroit. I mean, you couldn't get away from it growing up in the 70s. The Mitch Ryder version pounded into our heads so when i heard it i'm like i gotta admit that my even on my little notes here i'm like eh, i liked uh, mitch ryder's version even better <laughs> than uh, the live lou reed version um which i do like it's funny because i'm one of those guys i'm not a, i'm not a velvet underground fan at all i just thought it was way overrated uh same sure. thing with reed in general although that live record with uh with hunter and wagner is actually really freaking actually it's freaking alice's welcome to my nightmare band basically that is yeah. a really great record i like that one a lot um go man go well i had i have obviously because i'm a geek i have breadcrumbs already so i already heard it i already knew it but uh my little notes here uh, upbeat fun 1960s garage rock and anytime you can get two of my detroit favorites uh, mr wayne kramer and mark farner together um you're gonna make me smile so i really like that one a lot yeah, and uh, Carson, I think I didn't uh, get your thoughts on that one. I, uh, on Go Man Go, I'll t flat out, I have been listening to this album on repeat at the gym. So that tune comes on, and that's a winner for me. That's kind of how I gauge things for the last year is because we have nothing else to do. But 
sit in our houses and exercise. So, um, I, I, and you know what? And it's, I, again, lyrically, I think it's fun. And it, it, when I first heard it, it just, I was like, wait, where is this going? And I like it when songs like that surprise me. So to me, it's a jam. Yeah. And, uh, Don, did I give you a chance to weigh in on this one? Uh, I, I'm uh, being a bad host and like I said, not taking notes. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to sign off after this. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I know, and I feel bad now my street cred with Alice is ruined because I don't have this on vinyl yet. I, I did, I was down in Philly last week and I spent several hundred dollars on vinyl and, but for, and, this place vinyl altar, which is amazing. You just didn't have it. Otherwise I would have picked it up. Uh, but that being said, um, I, you know, I've been listening to it. It's, it's in my brain and, uh, you know, go man, go again. You know, I think some of the stuff is the order of things to me. It's a weird number two. Um, it's interesting that he wrote it with Tommy because, uh, Henriksen, because it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have any of the identifiable like classic Alice things. It's it's just sort of a it's sort of a weird track. It's got a new wavy kind of feel. I love the the chorus is super catchy. I like that about it. Yeah. You know, it's got good energy. So it does work as a second track. But again, maybe if because Mark missed this, but I had said that I I think Detroit City 2021 would have been a better opener. So, you know, it, it, it always depends on the flow. Um, yeah. And then now I'm excited, actually, to he, maybe he'll put Detroit City and Detroit City 2021 together when he plays live. Who knows? Yeah, it, which... Uh... It something that, that it's going to sneak up a little bit later, the new wave thing, because I think he touched a little bit on early Devo on some of this record, um, which we, which we will get to later. So yeah, no, no, I definitely that. Yeah. I mean, I, and you know, we were talking before about the, the different incarnations of Alice and uh, I mean, you definitely, it wouldn't be the first time that he touched on uh, new wave, obviously flush the fashion has some team. Store. Yeah. Which uh, you're, yeah, that's the earliest uh, show that I know anyone that I've ever had a conversation with anyone who saw was a special forces tour. And uh uh, I mean, I've seen, there's a, there's a, I, I think it was a TV special in France. I've seen a, a yeah. performance from that. And uh, it, it's like, you know, it's a great spot for the band, but you can see, you know, the wheels really coming off in his private life because he's so skinny at that point. And, uh, you know, anybody who saw that. I'll tell you the big surprise. He sold out Joe Louis Arena with right. the Joe Perry project opening. Hold on. Here's the big, here's the big thing. That tour was advertised as the, um, what the hell did he used to call it? Um, Shop of Horrors or whatever it is. The advertisements had him like with the guillotine and all that stuff. No, keep in mind, Special Forces wasn't out yet. <laughs> Madhouse Rock, that's how some of the ads were in the local papers. When, when he walked out and I had third row, my buddy and I were standing on our chairs and he, we're like, who is that? But it was awesome. <laughs> You know, they, they, they opened up with who do we think we, we are. Yeah. Like, Holy shit, what is this? It was awesome, don't get me wrong. But you were expecting, you know, old school Alice. And that's not yeah. what but it was incredible. Yeah, and we're talking about, uh, you know, Alice doing covers. Uh, seven and Seven is is one of, I think, his best covers. Uh, uh, Talk Talk from uh, Flesh of Fashion, also a great one, yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, you know, when you see the titles on the back of the album and you see that one is called Our Love Will Change the World, 
you can think like, uh-oh, or you're like, all right, well, this is Alice, so I'm sure it's going to be all right. Uh, Don, did you, uh, when you saw there was a, call, a song called that, did you did you have even a, a moment of hesitation or you're like, no, nah, Alice <laughs> will do fine with this? Yeah, the latter, definitely. Um, but I didn't know, so that's a cover also, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I, not a, mm -hmm. not a, not a fan of this one. Um, you know, it's got a, a Beatles e feel to it, which I'm not a Beatles fan. Um, it's a little too bouncy and poppy for me. Um, you know, it's a little Partridge Family for me. Yeah. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it the didn't, it didn't bum, it didn't bum me out. You know that it was on there, a song with that kind of title, and uh, you know, there's a song coming up much later in the album that's a much weirder, weirder fit than this one is. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, and uh, that was the thought that I had. I was like, Oh, is this, is this like an Alice song that, you know, we should see Goldie Hawn dancing to on like a laughing cutaway, you know, it just, <laughs> I was just, and look like he's covered, you know, stuff from that era, especially with Hollywood vampires. And I think he always puts his own spin on it. Um, I, I can say that this is one of those songs that if it had been buried on the box set or it was a CD bonus track, I'd be like, oh, this is awesome. But uh, it, it comes a little early in the album and you're like, oh, is, it, is this going to be what the album is? But the reason why I think it works as an album is that we have all the different things. Uh, Carson, what did you think of this one? Like, I want to bottle everything Don just said and let it ferment <laughs> because that, I've never heard it put so perfectly for my own thoughts because it's like, it really, it stuck out for me. Even seeing the title. Like when you brought that up initially, I was like, oh, I mean, okay, we'll give it a shot. And like, this is not hitting for me. This is, <laughs> and, and there's part of me that tries to go, okay, but look at the year we've had. And it's kind of an interesting <laughs> choice. And then, you know what? I shouldn't have to justify music. It's just not my bag. And especially yeah. coming in at track three, I'm like, oh boy, we just hit a rut. Like, I just need to die, like get the dip and get out of it. So it seemed yeah. like the first two songs really work uh, as a, uh, on your mix when you're at the gym. Do you, yes. you need to skip the third one or is that, uh, okay, time to cool down. There was a, like, I get those like big fancy headphones at the gym and I'm like, push and like move right along. So <laughs> yeah, and you know, maybe I should be listening to it in a different capacity, but that's just where we are for 2021. Yeah, you know, I used to like to to take a drive and like listen to an album on CD, but then it's like like we're not we're, I think we're still not supposed to drive anywhere. So it's like oh, I don't have enough time, you know. Also like just everything in my world is so close together. So uh I do tend to listen to them uh you know on headphones. I try to I try to never listen to music for the first time on the computer because of uh you know just the compression and all that. Yeah, uh so but uh because I have two small children, it's sometimes it's just like, well, where can I actually listen to this, you know? But uh what do you what do you think of our love will change the world, Mark? Well, obviously, I'm not listening to it at the gym. I was one of those guys when, when the, the, the video debuted because we did a promo for video for this before the record came out. And I was like mortified. I was like, you guys, it was almost like didn't even get halfway through it. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I was also at work and also Christian it was on, you know, I was doing paperwork and I'm like looking up going, what the F is this? And, you know, I, I kind of turn it off. Anyways, as I'm letting the CD play, I'm like, hey, this has got kind of got that Alice cynical sort of voice. Um, I, I ended up thinking it was fun. And, 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 and you wrote in my, in my notes here, I didn't get it upon first listen, but I really love it now because the video was my first exposure. But when I took it just as a song, 
and I'm like you, Don. I'm I'm not a Beatles fan. We can get into that later. Don't get me wrong. I, yes, I get it. They're great. They get, but it's not something I go to. It's not. No, go with your first thought because I'm totally on board with that too. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm like okay, but it, it's fun, you know. I I thought it was good. So now when it comes on, I'm like, hey, this is this is kind of like like Marianne is when you listen to Billion Dollar Babies. You're like, this doesn't fit. But yeah, kind of broke up the angst between you know Generation Landslide and I Love the I can I can kind of see why. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because we're about to talk about a song he co-wrote with Neil Smith. I think Neil wrote all of Marianne except for "I Thought You Were My Man," and you know that's Alice coming in at the end. And I think Neil always hated that line because he's like, "Yeah, but look at the song I wrote," and he's like, "Yeah, but look at our band. It needs to have. It's like it needs to have something to it." Yeah, exactly. Uh, Social Debris, uh, co-written by Neil Smith and Bob Ezrin, I think is, uh, you know, it definitely has that, that, I don't know, to me, like the, the Alice Cooper band feel, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I, I really like this one. This is uh, one of the, the standouts for me. Uh, what do you think, uh, Mark, about Social Debris, co-written by Neil Smith and Bob Ezrin? Well, there's a couple cool things. Obviously, I think you guys heard the little elected bass, like, diddly ding, it is at the beginning. It's just like yeah. kind of elected. Which is cool. also the little bit of the bass lick from Reflected on Pretty's for yeah. You. Oh, it's uh, it's the, the third deep. time that that's now popped up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, too, did you guys catch, speaking of Flush the Fashion, did you catch the vocal melody, which is just like Dance Yourself to Death? I'm looking to play my kill. That, 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 whole, that whole rhyming section is just like Dance Yourself to Death. You know, now that you say it, I get it. I I haven't listened to Flush the Fashion start to finish in a while. I, I actually I like that song, Dance Yourself to Death. But uh, that, now that you say it, yeah, that's complete rip off. He ripped himself off. Um, wow. Look, if he's good, look, if Alice is going to rip anyone off, at least he rips off the best. <laughs> yeah. So you know, what can you say? I mean, everybody but GB. You know, Glenn Buxton's on her great rocker. I, I love this one. Excellent. What do you think about this one, Don? Yeah, I mean, this is um, yeah, and I just want to go back because it's. It, I think what we what we said at the beginning, which was smart, was to talk about the overall feel of the album. So it probably sounds like up till now I don't like the album, but but it does. <laughs> it, but but if we're breaking each song down, it, it it sounds worse than it is because I do think the album has a good flow when you just put it on and you just let it be what it is. So, um, but this song to me. Yeah, like to me, this is where it really kicks in for me. This is classic Alice. This is, you know, him lyrically and musically. It's Alice taking the piss out of modern society. It's Alice as the villain for the first time on the album. And that's the space I feel most comfortable in with him. So, um, you know, again, this could have been an opener for me as well. What do you think about Social Debris, Carson? Uh, I like what you're talking about, the character. I really like that in this song. But what kind of this song starts for me, I think you touched on it, Don, is this is almost where the ascent of the album starts. That I feel like the album really is hitting its stride and is at the best in this middle. And I think this is the song that kicks it off. So it's um, like of the first four that we've talked about here. I Definitely it's the top of the four for me. That I really just, it's straight up rock and... I like what he's doing with it. So, and I like what's coming beyond it too. 
Uh, I want to bring a couple of comments in. Uh, this is from my mom, who we mentioned earlier, making me a fake ID <laughs> to go and see Alice Cooper at the Ritz, where I, it was a it, Mark wasn't here for that, but it was a it was a fake school ID that needed to say I was 16, and uh, it, you know we were all worried about it, and it was fine. But my mom hasn't listened to Detroit stories. Come on, mom, what are you doing? You know, it's <laughs> it's been out for like three weeks. Uh, and then also our friend Sam Whitfield says Mark loved the podcast, fan of you, so. Uh, uh, we appreciate uh, everybody who is uh, watching and uh, people that will be listening to the uh, audio version of it. Uh, $1,000 high heel shoes. Carson, you don't strike me as the kind of gal that has $1,000 pairs of shoes. And if you do have $1,000 pairs serious? of shoes, oh if, you had a th if you had a $1,000 pair of shoes, it would be because they were owned by Joe Elliott at some point. No, That's I mean, fair. No, I do have a thousand dollar pair of high heels that I will be married and buried in. And um, they, uh, they are they are fabulous. This is where I get very girly on you, so I will leave that Sex in the City talk for a different audience. But the thing is, I like I I love this song so hard. I this song is I mean I don't know why it speaks to me because it's weird. Because then you're like, what is this girl into? But this, to me, it goes, we, we talked earlier, Mark, you weren't here for it, about, like, I was introduced to Alice through trash. And so, to me, this is the evolution of the Alice that I was listening to at that age. This is the introduction. This is now coming all these years later, which tells you how old I am. But it's, um, I, I love the fun and the, again, just the humor in this song. I love that about Alice, and it's so on display here. I love this tune. You know, it, it's a it's a great point because when we think of Alice as the character, not as the guy who's been happily married since like what 1976, 77, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, when you think of Alice as the character, the character of Alice on Trash, it's almost like the character was newly divorced. And I know there wasn't, you know, there wasn't Tinder at the time, but he was like going out to singles bars and he's like, Hey, this is great. You know? So it's almost like, this is a kind of a continuation of that. When you, when you can separate the two, this is like, you know, Alice out on the prowl and uh, you know, in the, in the case where he's not trying to murder anyone. Uh, what do you think about, what do you think about this one, Don? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you know, Mark mentioned Alice stealing from himself. Um, if you really give this one another listen, uh, it, it really has a welcome to my nightmare kind of groove going on between the bass yeah. and the horns and the organ. So this is another one that Al stole from himself, um, wrote some really clever and, and funny lyrics too. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a super fun song. Uh, I'm not big into doo-wop, so I'd love to, if it wasn't on Detroit Stories, I'd love to hear just a more stripped down version of it. But uh, yeah, this one's, this one's a, uh, this is at least a trip. May not be a home run, but it's a triple. Yeah, and and you know, are are they gonna throw out like you know plastic high heels uh, when he does the song? You know, it'll replace the dirty diamonds or whatever. And you know, I I do think that so, you know Alice isn't the only artist this way. Sometimes what the album production is like, oh, I don't know if I need it like that. And then you hear it live, and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's the way I wanted it. So I feel like if this were to be a song in the live set, it would probably be sort of the you know the stripped down like rocking version that you're talking about. But you never know. Maybe you know it's not like he he hasn't ever you know with uh you know he's never done like a, a 70s like review show so uh may maybe this is the time he tries to do that maybe he does like a like a a, a casino residency or something what do you think about a thousand dollar high heel shoes mark oh you were this if we were on a game show and you were trying to get me to say something you were this close to what i wrote on my notes this is right out of the blues brothers this, this <laughs> really does sound like something good. and i mean that in a good way because sure you've got those records those records are dynamite 
I mean, just dynamite. And look at the band that, you know, uh, you know, Jake and Elwood had behind them. Those guys are some of the best session musicians ever. Anyways, I digress. Funky Alice, love it. And um, I think, Carson, this may sound sexist. I don't want it to be. I Girls, I, I played in bands my whole life. When Mustang yeah. Sally comes on, girls just love to hit the dance floor. And this song really got a Mustang Sally sort of vibe to it. So when, when I was listening to it, I'm like, God, this reminds me of every time when that song would come on, the girls would flood the, the, the dance floor. Oh, so, my gosh. Absolutely. And I was saying that, like, there's so many, like, as, as a woman who not necessarily looks for these things, but I, what I love about Alice specifically is that I can go through his songs and pick out things that really do hearken to some feminist leanings. And there's this track itself. I was like, there's some serious empowerment in this, you know, because I'm just, I mean, look, it, I am not that girl strutting around in the collar and shoes, but um, that some chick is, and God get it like do it girl so and that's the thing that even the visualization and the storytelling like i'm so big into that and like you said songs it's a, it's another one of those songs that gets girls going and which is probably why it's striking me that i'm so like impassioned to tell you about how much i love this song right now and i would imagine other chicks are going to feel that way and when they do go to the shows when they open up i would love it if this was part of the live set i think this would be a blast just don't say panties in front of her no. no, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You guys, you guys are okay with that word? I just at all. Oh, it's like the worst. Yeah, I got the schools out with the woman with the women's underwear. <laughs> It just doesn't sound right that way. It, does, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, exactly. But uh, somehow, somehow, panties and moist are two words with uh, women. So, yeah, see, exactly. Uh, well, uh, Mark, what do you think about uh, Hail Mary? That's another Tommy Henriksen, uh, Bob Ezrin co-write with Alice. I will tell you, going back, uh, I, I love, I call it the Shebop riff. Sounds like Cindy Lauper. It's like guitar run. It's very, uh, very Shebop. Um, I love this is old school Alice again, great rocker. Um, love this one through and through. I think this is this really is one of the standouts on the record for me. I like this one a lot. Uh, Don, what about uh, Hail Mary for you? Yeah, I think Mark said it. I mean, it's just a, it's just a straightforward Alice Cooper classic rocker. Yep, it's um, yep, it's it's uh, I don't know, it's you know, it's got that old rock and roll feel to it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's got Alice just oozing out of it. So yeah, no, no problems with this one. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, the, it's the kind of song that has that sort of old feel, but it's not like, you know, they went into the studio was like, well, we need this to sound like a 70s song. It's just sort of the, the way that it came. What do you think about this one, Carson, Hail Mary? I, I love it when you basically instruct me on when I should be yelling during a show. And that's it. I hear, hell man. I'm like, oh, okay. I know when it's my yeah. time. And, you know, it's to simplify it, that it's kind of something that I know where I'm supposed to sing along. And you anticipate it. I look at a lot of stuff as concerts because, like, that's all I want to do is go to shows. And you've told me where I'm going to put my fist up and where we're all going to be yelling in unison. And, like, it's just a straight up rock. Like, not necessarily anthemic, but it's got that, um, I see the visual vibe to it when, if it's played live. 
Right. Yeah. I think that a lot of times you can pick out the songs that are going to be paid li- uh, played live, like and Welcome to My Nightmare that uh, I'll bite your face off. Uh, you're like, yeah, well, that's obviously the one, you know, yeah. and uh, this one, it's a little harder to isolate. But uh, yeah, I agree. So uh, we've talked a, a fair amount about Detroit City 2021, but uh, Carson, uh, just sort of uh, in a nutshell, uh, does this one work for you? Uh, I know uh, Don wanted the placement to be elsewhere and Mark would like the placement to be off the record. But uh <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about it? I actually, I wasn't, I was okay with the placement of it, but um, I don't disagree with everything else that has been said before. I'm not sure it, I would have totally kicked it off the album like Mark, but um, I definitely see, again, I, I don't know that it was, um, how do I put it? Like, it's not what I expected. I think I, ex- I think I expected it to be better than it was. And maybe it was because I looked at the track listing and was like, oh, and then went, oh. Familiar with the, the one on I by Alice Cooper? The, the yes. Okay. Yeah. So that was why I just, I, again, like sometimes when bands revisit things, you're like, it, it's hard to, especially when you love an original track, but I, I love it when bands evolve and try new things. But um, this is just a little bit more meh than I think yeah. I was expecting. I, I thought it was going to be like, you know, we were talking about the special forces record. There's generation landslide 81, which just yeah. has another, yeah. Which has another verse, you know, I mean, it's a live yeah. version, but it's, and I think the other verse you're like, okay, that's interesting. It's sort of in the same place. And, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it is in the inferior version. Um, and uh, it's more that like you hear it and you're like, Oh, you know what? I, I hope he on his radio show tells stories about hanging out with uh, Iggy pop and David Bowie. I think I would rather hear the stories than hear the song that doesn't really get into it, you know, but uh, Don, you know, you thought that this would be a good opener for the album. So I feel like you feel like because it, it is, you know, this is Detroit's stories, Detroit city, 2021 would be the way to do that. Right. I stand my ground on this song. I, it's, one, it's one of my favorites on the album. And, you know, that's that's why we're doing this. We all have a different opinion. Yeah, but um, I do. I really like this. I do. I like it better than Detroit City from the eyes of Alice Cooper. Um, as, yeah. as much as I love that album. By sure. the way. But I do. I just I like this one better for whatever reason. Yeah, I think that that I, I I think that's the one. Somehow I missed him touring on that album because I don't I just yeah. don't remember am seeing gonna, a lot of these songs. Yeah, am I gonna believe Oscar. you guys or my, are you? Am I gonna believe you guys or my lying ears? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, uh, Mark, you've already been uh, pretty uh, upfront how you feel about that, but let's talk about uh, track eight, "Drunken in Love." That's a Dennis Dunaway co-write. Uh, what did you think of that song? Um. You know what? Um, here's where the, the album, and again, it's not horrible. And sure. I love when Dennis goes in that was Blue Turk off of Schools Down, you know, kind of kind of bluesy, kind of slow. I, you know, I thought it was standard. Um, that this sort of thing is n- not his strong suit, Alice vocally. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have the, the sinister sort of cynical. Um, you know, I just thought it was to, to, to um, you know, one of your. One of the things said earlier, eh, meh, whatever. And then yeah. It's off, but it's, you know, not a highlight. Yeah, look, it, it it's, sorry, I, this is when my eyesight really betrays me. I think, what are there, 15 songs on this album? The, this is one of those That's ones where you're right. like, you're like, yeah, we could, we could probably have a little bit, you know, we could probably not have 15, let's just, we could have 12, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's again, there isn't anything where uh, I'm like, uh, oh, this is, this is just outright terrible. But uh, yeah, this is, this is not my favorite. What do you think about Drunken in Love, Don? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with Mark on it. Although, you know, I always like when Alice sort of just veers off into some weird unknown territory, like when he did Some Folks. Yeah. Um, it's like Alice Cabaret, and you're like, but it's it's still fucking rules somehow, you know? <laughs> and so Alice as the old blues man, I, I think was, uh, uh, you know, it just doesn't fully connect in the same way. Um, but I'm not mad that he did it. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a basic, very standard blues progression kind of song. Hey, you throw Joe Bonamassa in there, that certainly helps. But um, yeah, that, that one could have probably uh, waited or been in the box set somewhere down the road. <laughs> yeah, it's a good box set song. Yeah. yeah. That's true. There, there are some great box set songs out there. What do you think about this one, Carson? Kind of along the same lines. Like, oh, if this was on an extended version, if you were like, hey, get the super deluxe and you get that extra track. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was a solid bonus track. But um, it's not, it's just not a standout for me. And yeah. I, I don't, I hesitate to call it filler because it's not like it's that level. It's no. just, um, it's not something that when I listen to the album, uh, it, it's not just not standing out to me. And just there's there's so many high points on this album, which of course it, that's a good thing. You have to have the high points. Sure. If you're gonna have the low, and um, yeah, it's just um, it's just kind of there. Well, so it's not yeah. Bad. From from Carson in my era, this would be a great song if it was side two on the single. You know, if this was the <laughs> if this was the backup. But uh, you know, before before even like the the CD singles, you know, when it's like it's like yeah, but the song that's on the other side of the single isn't anywhere else, so I have to yeah. buy it. But uh, what do you Carson Carson gets off the uh, the treadmill? This is like this is the song to you know dab with the towel a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's Have when I the start water. looking around yeah. and I'm like, somebody entertain me. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, like uh, what's up on the TV? Oh, it's uh, uh, TBS, TBS is showing four episodes of Friends, or at least that's what happens <laughs> when I go to the gym. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, but uh, all right, so Carson, your thoughts on Independence, Dave? Independence Day, I'm going to be honest, musically, it's not one of my favorites, but lyrically, again, it's it's fun, and it's um, the way it's presented, we all know somebody like this, we've seen them on Facebook for the last how many, you know, year or two, and um, I that's, the commentary is part of what I love about Alice, so while musically, I'm not saying it's one of my favorites, it's still has earned its place on this album for me. It, Independence Dave is the Facebook friend that sometimes you have those posts where you're like, you know what? I have like two people I want to hide this from because I just don't want their feedback on it. So like, yeah, Independence Dave, I don't want to, I don't want to hear yeah. from. What do you think about Independence Dave, Don? Independence Don? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it, this is what I, this is one of the things I love about Alice is when he creates these characters. So, you know, to me, this is, this is one of my favorites on the album. Um, you know, again, the old rock and roll feel to it, fun songs, fun lyric, fun lyrics to it. Um, and just a quick to jump back to Drunken in Love. I, I, do, I do love the lyrics on that song. That's and maybe that's why I'm a little more disappointed that it doesn't click. And also that, you know, Dennis Dunaway was obviously directed in a certain way to play. Because if you if you leave Dennis to, and I've gotten to know Dennis over the last 10 years and left to his own devices, you know, he wants to play, you know, like unfinished suite. You know, like he wants that. He wants to be up and down that fretboard all over the place. Um, but um, back to Independence Dave, yeah, just one of my favorites. Classic, uh, classic Alex. Uh, Alex, Alice, love the lyrics. Um, killer tune. 
Yeah. What about uh, you, Mark, for Independence, Dave? I'm on Team Don here. Um, fun. Also, too, a throwback to the Zipper Catches Skin record. You notice the vocal delivery. Very, very, almost like you did in the, in the song I, I mentioned previous. Um, it's very much like I'm Alive. That is the day my dead pet returned to, return to save my life. Yeah. Phrasing, <laughs> yeah. The phrasing is very similar. Also, the drums, um, very seven and seven is. Uh, yeah. The scenarios. Very garagey, very fun. I like this. One of my favorites, one of the highlights. Yeah, I, I I do like it. I think it's fun. I think that the standout, uh, one of the standouts on the album, uh, I haven't had it long enough where I'm going to really say like this one's absolutely my favorite, but I do like I Hate You because it does feel like it's almost like this isn't the case, but you feel like, oh, this could be left over from the sessions of the original band. You know, I mean, it, it just has that feel, the interaction, you know, it's uh, obviously you know, Alice has worked with uh, so many musicians and uh, everybody has nice things to say. I know Don literally just yesterday, you talked to Damon Johnson, who I've talked to about Alice, you know, everybody talks about how great it is to work with Alice. Uh, but it, you know, ever since it was the original band, it's always like, you know, Alice and whoever he feels like working with it. But this, this captured uh, to me, some of the band feel, which I, I think that a lot of, you know, this is not the first time that they've collaborated together again. And I think that uh, that was uh, more present here. What did you think about? I hate you, Mark. Um, this one here is where I, I throw in some early Devo. Um, if you're familiar with the songs like one dumb thing or Sp speed racer or uh, smart patrol, where they are, there's more talking than singing. They're almost like, you know, you know kind of a very strong cadence. Um, this kind of, to me, kind of sounded like early Devo. I think it's great. Um, and it's got that, like you said, early Alice punky almost vibe. Because, you know, before there was punk per se, I mean, early Alice, especially like on Killers and stuff, there's some, you know, meat and potatoes sort of in your face sort of delivery um you know like you drive me nervous that's you know just i love that and um this song very much is like and it was funny because i never opened up the i just kind of took the cd out and played it i didn't know the lyrics were in there and as i'm listening i'm like hey he's talking about dennis he's talking about you know what i mean and then yeah. when i finally opened the booklet i'm like oh dummy because he was but uh <laughs> upon, first, upon upon first listen very happy with this one and, and i love it another highlight on an album full of highlights uh, what do you think, Don, about I Hate You? It's, you know, it's classic weirdo Alice track. Um, I love that it breaks away from some of the, you know, this, some of the stuff that's really in that formula of Detroit stories. So it's a nice break from all that stuff. Um, and uh, obviously it's, it's a funny song. And um, love that all the other guys chip their voice in there and yeah i did like that uh, and sing along as well as alice so uh yeah that's a, it's another two in a row there that uh i really like a lot what about you carson with uh yeah. i hate you this is a highlight for me i love the verbal sparring and then when they sneak in that one lyric that's gonna stop you is i hate the hole you left on stage and you're like Oh man, I was not I was not ready for that to show up. Um, so it's like you know, but it's just I think it's I I I love like you referenced Mark kind of like that that punk vibe too, and I think that's a great way to kind of sum up my feelings. That when I hear again that the talk talking ish with the music, but it is it's just this wonderful sparring match that again you can still hear the humor and almost like 
the love behind it. And I think it's, I think it's one of the highlights of the album for me. Yeah, I think it, uh, you know, there's the idea of those guys getting together, you know, at this point, there's uh, so much water under the bridge. But as uh, Mark mentioned, obviously, Glenn Buxton passing away a while ago, you know, the, the surviving members getting together. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great thing that, uh, that they're able to do it. And, you know, the, it, it would beg the question, well, why wouldn't they? Uh, let's talk about a Wonderful World, uh, Carson. Yeah, the vocals in this, uh, this like the second he starts singing, it's like, oh yeah, listen to or listen to Alice delivering here. And so I love that because it's, um, I like the layers, again, the different characters he's formed on this, but even vocally, that this is another addition to um, just his repertoire. And so this is why, this actually stands out for me. I'm not gonna tell you it's like one of my top three favorite songs, but the delivery on it makes it very, very high for me. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it would be interesting if this were, you know, if this were a, a normal year and he was touring, you know, immediately to support it. I, I feel like he'd probably only pick two songs at most, and it's hard to really figure out which ones they would be. But uh, there are a few that you're just like, yeah, would, you know, we've mentioned a few. It's like, oh, I'd really like to hear this live. Uh, so, you know, let's let's hope whenever he tours again, he tours for like two straight years and, uh, you know, he uh, switches out the songs from the album that we actually get to hear. What do you think of Wonderful World, Don, track 11? Well, this was one where, um, you know, you mentioned this earlier with the, Our Love Will Change the World. This is the one where I cringed when I saw the title because I was like, no, please don't do a cover of that song. It's yeah. been done to death. And I don't care if you're you're my hero. You're not yeah. going to be able to, you're not yeah. going to convince me that, that it's a good cover song. So I was, maybe I was just instantly relieved when I heard it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause like the, the Ramones managed to do the Spider-Man theme song and have that be cool. But even their cover of a wonderful world, you're like, Oh really? Yeah. But yeah. Car Carson, you know, hit the nail on the head. This one is just, it's all about Alice's vocal delivery. He does so much cool stuff with his voice here. You have the classic Alice growl in it. Um, and to me, I'm hearing a little uh, 80s feel in here where I could almost I could almost hear it on Hey Stupid for some reason. Yeah, no, I, I didn't think of that. But uh, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely something that would fit uh, with that. Uh, what do you think, uh, Mark, about Wonderful World? I think I was listening to a different song than my friend Don was because <laughs> I'm going all the way back to the 60s. My first inkling on that was it sounded like The Doors to me. I thought Alice. Wow, because I had that same exact con comment for a song later in the album. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought it sounded like The Doors. I, I like it. To me, it sounded uh, more like it should have been on Dragon Town. Um, I, I I thought it was uh, I thought it was it's a cool vocal. It's very, like you said, Don. That this part uh, it is. It's classic Alice delivery. But I, I if you guys you know you've you've heard Alice talk. He was a big fan of the Doors, and you know back in the day, I actually kind of thought this was his homage to uh, to to the Doors, especially that that beginning riff. It really reminded me of. Uh, but uh, yeah well i oh. you know I, look I, I i can i can agree with alice uh, i i like the doors but only their other voices album once they got rid of that dead weight front man that uh, that they didn't need anymore <laughs> just just the other voices that, that's really the one where it's at because finally raymond zarek could shine 
but uh, let's talk about uh, from a similar era, Sister Anne, which is a MC5 song and uh, appropriate that we asked uh, Mark from Detroit. Uh, what about this song? It's inclusion, this version. What do you think about the song in general? Are you effing kidding me? This is the stuff they shot into our arms, you know, in first grade. You know, you, you, you knew the MC5 stuff. Plus, you know, this one was already on breadcrumbs. Um, again, uh, I, I, like, I gotta admit, it's, it's much like rock and roll. I, I'm so used to the MC5 version for as much as I like it. I think people who buy this record, if they don't know the MC5 version, they'll really dig it. But, you know, I'm, I like the original better, but it's a, it's a freaking great tune. And again, um, this song really surmised everything that Detroit Stories is, you know, loud, brash, you know. Um, the whole Detroit Stories thing, too, is very much, I, I, I'm pretty sure, Don, I don't know about you guys, but, uh, you know, with Rob Halford, you know, Detroit and, and Birmingham, England, very similar. I mean, mm -hmm. working class, boom, boom, you know. Yeah. This song really just reminds me of what something that maybe Rob could have said around Birmingham, England. It's the same thing. You know, this song really epitomizes just that Detroit, we're not going to finesse you to death. We're going to just play the same riff over and you know, as fast as we can and as much distortion as possible. And there's this is this also song is a reason that the great Lemmy was so inspired by the MC5 because Motorhead didn't care about fashion or any. any there he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. John, is that a that's a pillow? I thought it was a cardboard cutout until you picked it up. That's a Lemmy pillow, right? This is my emotional support, Lemmy. <laughs> the uh uh, you know, uh, just a, a quick aside, uh, obviously, uh, most people know I worked for Dennis Miller for a long time. Uh, when he had a TV show on uh, CNBC, uh, Lemmy was a guest. And usually, you know, it's like, okay, well, do they want to, you know, do they want sandwiches? Do they want the you know, fruit plate or whatever? And they said, uh, just give him two bottles of Jack Daniels and it'll be fine. And, uh, you know, and he was great on the show. And uh, those chips. Jack Daniels. Yeah, those those Jack Daniels bottles were definitely empty, but uh, you know it's uh, that that's what he needed, and uh, I, I love that. Uh, so it was, was so fortunate. I saw. I, I bet you, like, probably just below Kiss and a couple others. I you know I saw Motorhead pretty much every time they were here from the early '80s on. Um, yep. You know, and again, it was great because uh, fortunately too, I met him a few times, and ever whenever you know, just talk rock and roll with him, he used to say because you know from Detroit every time I. You guys are so lucky you had the MC5. I wish they were bigger, Baba. That this is the reason, you know. This is this is how it's done. So it's great that Alice uh, you know, um included this on here. So sure, yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh so Don, uh Sister Anne, your thoughts. Yeah, I didn't know this was a cover. So when I heard it, my my first thought was like, great, here's another great Alice character um brought to life. Um so I don't, it's not surprising that he did cover this uh, when I found out it was, I think it's the best song, uh, best cover song that he takes a shot at on this album. And um, it really suits his character. I, I'd love to see Sister Anne hanging out with Nurse Rosetta sometime. <laughs> nice. Both, both, both characters uh, would no doubt be played by his wife, Cheryl, and uh, that would uh, work out perfectly. Uh, so what do you think, Carson, about Sister Anne? Uh, Sister Anne, I thought, was a perfect fit for this album. And uh, I'm sorry, Mark, I, I'm not as um, familiar into MC5, certainly know their legacy. But um, I think this was a really good inclusion for Detroit Stories. Like, it, it, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense on this album. 
Yeah. Uh, talking about making perfect sense on the album, it brings us to uh, my lone complaint. I don't think "Hanging On by a Thread" don't give up belongs on the album. I, I and I have to put a caveat first. Look, if him saying at the end call the suicide prevention hotline. If even one person does call that because they were thinking of it, I'm like, all right, great. You saved somebody's right. life. I, I can't complain, but it bothers me. And I'm just like, Oh, why just put that in the liner? note? I'm just like, it's not a song. And I look when this was a video, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. They did all that. I didn't love the song then. Um, it just doesn't fit on the album at all though. And right. I, I, I'm not going so far as to say, I hate it. I'm just saying, I don't love it. <laughs> I, I love the intent. I love the message, but look, we have "Hey, Stupid." That's that can be our suicide prevention song. Uh, you know, look, it's got a, it's got backing vocals by Ozzy. What else do we need? You know, but um, so this this is a weak point on the album for me. What do you think, Carson? This is the weak point on the album for me. I'm just gonna yeah. go put that right out there. Yeah. And, and then as I'm listening to, and I know I keep referencing, all I have to do in my life is work and like <laughs> exercise. So I'm at the park listening to this and I'm running and then this hits and I'm like, oh. And then I felt guilty when he hit the suicide hotline yeah. at the end. Because I'm uh, like, oh, I'm a terrible person for being like, I, I don't want to listen to this again. And I'm like, because like you said, if it saves one life, yay. Yes. Um, but yeah, it is, boy, this is, this was a. Uh, this just brought it down for me, man. I, I, I was, yeah, I, I, I've honestly skipped it on subsequent listens. But yeah, look, uh, it, we're talking about, you know, it, it, it could have the reverse effect. Somebody could be like, oh, I'd like this song so little that uh, I don't know if I, if I can go on, at least not with the album. I don't know if I can keep listening to the album. That's actually uh, why they put the suicide at the end of the song. Like that's yeah, why the hotline is there. Yeah. It, it, look, it, as, as a standalone video, when it came out last year, it was like, oh, look, he did something new that, but uh, what yeah. do you think about hanging on by a thread, Don? Well, I think I for me it is the end of the album because I'm not I'm not uh, I don't like either of the the last two songs. So uh, it would be a, it would be a, it would be a great way to end the album. Yeah, because you are getting that very serious Alice at the end. Um, I do like the song. I had Alice on my show when when they put the video out. Um, I really I really like the song. I do, I like Alice. Sort of, it's the anti Alice, right? You know, this is positive affirmation, Alice, um, <laughs> which, you know, I don't mind him not being the villain at this point in the album. So, um, but yeah, I guess my biggest comment on the whole album is maybe some of it is the order of it. Like if this was at the very end, I like it better, but it, I think we all agree. It, it does not fit on Detroit stories. Um, you know, he could have left it off. You know, it was a single obviously that he put out last year. Yeah. Yeah, but I do like the song. I will say I do like the song. Uh, what do you think about this one, Mark? Jeez, oh, look at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, I was enjoying myself, and, and <laughs> you no, know, um, it's very brutal planet at times. It's got that pick up the bone sort of feel to it. It's not like Don said. It's not horrible. Um, it, but I'm with you. You know, I. Look, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a construction worker from Detroit. Okay, I'm not very PC. I don't like that sort of stuff. It drives me up the freak. Don't you're right, 100. percent If if and especially nowadays, if it saves somebody, but then you could say that about everything. You know, we just put it. Look, at some point, you know, I just yeah. This is where I want it. You know, I want to. I listen to music 
because I want to get away from that crap. I want to get away from politics. I want to get away from it. I, I want to turn this SOB up and rock and run on my treadmill. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and just have fun. And, and this and this kind of is like the antithesis of that, you know? Yeah. So do you feel like Alice should take his own advice from the next song title and shut up and rock? I, two things here. Um, I'm with Don on this one. This song, I put a big meh. We just yeah. track on the on the record to me, very generic. Yeah. And um, again, like I said, I'm not very politically correct. There's two people I wish that Alice would have included on here. Uh, one's Bob Seger, the other's Ted Nugent. Uh, Ted has a song called "Shut Up and Jam," which I think would have been great if you would have covered that. If you've ever heard that song, it's a really cool rock oh, and yeah. song, and it and it it sings that praises. Forget everything. The "Shut Up and Jam." I thought I think the Nugent song's way better than this one. Um, again, yeah, this, this one just didn't work. And, and it's funny because when you listen to it, you're like, okay, it's a beat, it's rocking. And then you go, mm, yeah. so it just doesn't do anything. For me. Yeah. I think we're definitely hitting the point where if maybe, like we said before, if this had been a, a, a 10 track album or a 12 track album, uh, we might, uh, be a little bit better off. You know, it's like, just this because you can be a good box set song. I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what, do you, what do you think, Don? Do you think that this is one of those ones that you would hope that the box set didn't include? Well, well, I, th I think, I think there, I think there's a, a a great Al song. It's the beginning of a great Al song, but in this version, it's a it's a total throwaway. Um, what I'm guessing is that Alice um, knew he was going from this sort of spoken word, positive affirmation song. And then this song is the answer to that, which is just shut fair. up and rock Alice. So maybe that's the transition that gets him to East side story, but he didn't finish it. That that's what it feels like to me. It feels like a great rock and roll song that just never got finished. What do you think about uh, shutting up and rocking? <laughs> well, I was, I mean, uh, Don really kind of encapsulated what I have written is that this song never gelled for me. It felt like it was headed somewhere. And when you're talking about a guy who is so articulate and clever, even just off the top of his head, you know, let's, let's discount his lyrics that in interviews, as you guys well know, that this guy is still so sharp and he's just on the button. And for some reason, this song it just missed. And, and I know where it was headed. It just didn't, didn't get there. Yeah, no, I think that uh, it's a bit of a miss. And it reminds me of a song that is fairly, not not the sound, but it's just sort of the feel that I have with it. It's, uh, it's a song that he still plays often uh, from Last Temptation. I have never liked Lost in America. And I think just lyrically, I was always like, ah. and especially when he plays it now, it's like, it's like, oh, that song is like, what, what was the year was that? 1993, 94. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it just really feels, and there's a lot of songs I do like on that album, but I'm like, oh, that is not the one. Oh. And uh, so it, uh, you know, this, this would be on my, my, my uh, least favorite, you know, I would, I, I would put together an album called trash, but I would mean it in a different way. Songs that maybe <laughs> drag into the old trash can on the desktop. Yeah, and this would lead it off. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I always wondered how how come uh, Elvis Costello didn't sue him because it's pump it up, just done different. You know that's I mean? right. That's that's definitely a great point. Uh, well, the final song on uh, on Detroit Stories, which uh, I, I assume my mom has uh, already ordered from Amazon, says she we brought the comment before that she hadn't heard it yet, uh, but now she's like, oh, I'm only going to listen to like nine songs on it. But uh, yeah, uh, let's talk about East Side Story, written by Bob Seger, Carson. Um, honestly, it doesn't do a ton for me. And I, I feel like I should be apologizing to Mark as a Detroit guy already right out of the gate. It's just, um, I don't know why it just doesn't, it doesn't hit for me. I, I would, I would have welcomed Hollywood nights, even though it wouldn't have kept in the theme. It's, uh, there's plenty of Bob Seger music that I, that I would definitely welcome, but, uh, yeah. Like, I, I, I need to hear night moves again. Cause Garth covers that at every show. And like, I've, I've had my fill of it, Mr. Brooks. Um, but yeah, there's, again, this man has a library. We could have picked, um, yeah. I don't know why it didn't hit. What, what were you going to say, Mark? You youngins got to check out Bob Seger before, but when Bob Seger did nothing but rock and roll, like from 75 back, I mean, Lucifer would have been a great tune to do on this. Are you? Do you guys know that song? I don't know that I don't. song. Uh-huh. I will definitely. I will definitely look it up that, though. That's Bob Seger's Lucifer. That that okay. tune right. would fit perfect on it. I mean, the song title. The yeah, the song title makes me think it would be a great Alice song. You know, it almost doesn't matter what it sounds like. Uh, so, Don, uh, you said that uh, you weren't crazy with the last couple of songs, so I assume that uh, East Side Story is. Uh, is something that perhaps could, uh, I don't know, get pushed into the East River. I'm not quite sure what the <laughs> it would be. Yeah, and I like, again, I think we all feel the same way. With You know, Bob Seger is a, a legend. I'm so thrilled to see the last tour that he did. Um, and he was, he was still brilliant. Um, but yeah, this one, I don't know this. You know, this, this song's not in my blood. I, I don't know this. I generally like deep tracks. By bands, uh, certainly Thin Lizzy did an amazing version of Rosalie, which then you go back and discover afterwards. So maybe I'll go back and discover the original Bob Seger song uh, or version of East Side Story. But yeah, this is I'll take uh, Mark's um, notes from uh, Wonderful World. To me, this is the one that has the total 60s vibe. It's it's yeah. Gloria by the Doors, uh, yes. the way it's yeah. done here. So um well, and and I think Gloria is uh, a love a Van Morrison song to begin yes, with. It <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it, yeah, it's like the that's like a it's like you know any of us who had a look, uh, uh, Mark. I know that you, <laughs> Mark. I know that uh, you uh, you uh, really uh, made a name for yourself in the Kiss world with uh, tape trading. And anybody who traded a lot of videotapes, you know that when you get a copy of a copy of a copy, you know the the you get the color at the bottom and it's all squiggly and all that. This sort of feels like that. I, I think the uh, you nailed it with Gloria, but it's like oh, it's a cover of a cover of a cover, and and uh, yeah, I, I I agree. So uh, yeah, so I. I, I I know the original. I love the original. I was really happy with this. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I dig, I, yeah, I dig this tune. Also, too, this is a song that I grew up with. I mean, I, it's funny because, you know, obviously, the, the reg, is, is regionality a word? If not, I'm coining it now. Um, you know, growing up here, we heard all those early Bob Seger tracks. I don't know if you know, this was Bob's very first hit. It was a local oh, wow. Yeah, so um, I got late sixties. Um, th- this was a this was a, a regional hit, um, and uh, you know I, I I grew up with the song. I, I much like you know the MC Five thing. That's my in my notes. I'm, 
I I love the original. This is this is okay. I mean, I like the song in general, but yeah, I mean the Gloria thing. You know, also too, I, I know what that Bob was just learning how to write songs at the time. You know what I mean? He obviously stole that um, riff, but it worked. Um, um, for him as a songwriter, it helped him build and obviously but again all kidding aside if you guys ever go listen to any of the old bob seeker system and this is to everybody not just to the you know the three of you guys um there's a reason you know he cut his teeth as a as a, as a rock and roller i mean he yeah. has his career got in the late 70s started the ballads and stuff like that but you know i'm sure you guys have, have you are you guys familiar with at least live bullet the first live record from seven oh yeah mm-hmm. that one i've heard yeah yeah you know, that's really you know good but anyways yeah his his earlier stuff's really in those veins and again if you guys have never heard the song lucifer that would have fit perfect on this record yeah no i picked its ass too because it's got that uh the the kind of the way the vocal delivery is um really cool yeah i think that it's a little bit of a disappointment that there are so many covers on this album even though there are because there's so many songs it's not a bad deal but he has a whole band that does mostly covers now so it's like oh does he have to does that have to spill over yeah. that's what I, you know when i went to the, one of the the first hollywood vampire shows you know when matt sorum was still playing drums and uh, duff was still in the band before they did an album i was like oh this is great this is so much fun i love that he does this on the side they played the roxy here in la you know and it was uh it, it was it was great and i've i've seen them in much larger venues and uh you know as as they've gone on and i like the hollywood vampires but it's it felt separate to me because you know he didn't do a ton of covers i think we've mentioned most of the covers that he did so um but in general i i do like the album i i was uh, happy with the last album as well uh i think 15 songs i I don't want to say for sure like oh there should they should take four or five off because they probably wouldn't take the right four or five off you know i think (laughs) there's there each of us would probably at least take off one different one but uh so i mean i'm happy with it and look uh we were talking before you got on mark i like when uh our classic artists still put out new material and even when it isn't great which i think that a lot of this i do really like i like the album as a whole but even when it's not great i'm like yeah but i'm so glad that they're still getting into the studio and putting stuff out you know and uh so i I hope that uh we get many more whenever alice does stop touring which i think is what 10 15 years away uh (laughs) when that when that does happen uh i hope that he still you know does stuff in the studio like this because you know what what else is he i mean you can only play so much golf in phoenix uh during the summer you know i mean it's uh, you know you, you can't be out there all day um before we go and i want to let everybody do uh there you know we have uh, there's things for everybody to promote um i want to ask carson and don a really important question that i know mark will be interested in the answer for now don you know what this question is because i mentioned it when we were texting don did vinnie vincent save kiss oh christ <laughs> single-handedly no <laughs> <laughs> but but look with all the co-writes that he had um you, you got to put him in the mix that's a fair answer i mean and also you know the with uh you know with obviously with look it up but then you know helping prop them up again with the co-writes on revenge didn't uh didn't hurt uh carson creatures yeah, yeah, sorry, of course, and on creatures. Uh, yeah, so I, I know that that's a big reason why, you know, to, to Mark's point, the reason why he always says this is, 
you know, collaborating at that point in their career without Vinnie Vincent, who knows, you know, what the material would have been. And uh, it's it's hard to argue, just like it's hard to argue that, uh, you know, what a what there there are so many wrong turns in that guy's career, but uh, <laughs> so much talent, you know. Uh, yeah, even when he did a comeback, you know, a few years ago, even that he managed to to botch. But uh, Carson, did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? I mean, um, I think save is really, really a loaded word for you to give to that. Um, but credit where credit is due. That's fair. All right. So, is. Mark, I'm sorry. Mark, I'm sorry that they're both wrong about this. I, I, I I'm almost embarrassed. I, well, I feel like I, I, I say this on the show. Um, <laughs> All, all, in, in, in all seriousness, you take the song Lick It Up away from the Kiss canon, where does that leave them once they take the makeup off? Yeah, if if all if all hell's breaking loose had been their first video with the what be this and what be that, why you got to look like that? I I, I can't <laughs> say. As, as 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 a great uh, as a great umpire would say, I calls them as I sees them. And um, the, the worst song on Lick It Up is the title track. That's all I'm but saying. They would die, say it's real, but that that's that song's in movies. That song's in I know. It, it's safe. Okay, but Mark, so I'm gonna tell you it's my mother's favorite kiss song. So that right there kind I know, uh, right? The, so you know what it was just it was just it, it was just your dad's birthday the other day, and uh, <laughs> hearing that that's your mom's favorite song means that he must have had a great birthday. So. Oh, my God. That was, that was, that I'm, okay, well, this has been fun, guys. <laughs> but, yeah, she loves that song, and that's all I need to know about but, uh, that song. But, no, but Lick It Up is, is a song that even, you know, even when you have your Kiss tribute bands, which will uh, tr uh, translate into a shameless plug in a moment, that they do mostly the classic era they do that song as well, you know, because that song is so important. It's always in the set list when they play live. And uh, yeah, I, I agree that without that song, I mean, that song was definitely the the moment where it's like, okay, here's these guys without makeup. And, you know, obviously by the time that I was aware of Kiss, they had already taken off the makeup. Uh, but for most people are like, oh, okay, so is, is that, is that Ace Freely? Is, is that Peter Chris? I don't, they don't look anything like I thought they did, but you know, so I, so having a big song like that, I think was the, the important thing. And I don't know what on that album would have been anywhere near as popular, even if, it, even if it's a million to one. That's fair. He co-wrote eight of the ten songs. Also, this is very important. Now that we've turned this into the Kiss podcast, but, right. uh, the um. By the way, Carson, my wife, she hates "Lick It Up." Whenever that comes on, she. <laughs> Anyways, my um. But currently, well, if you want to say when Kiss is touring on "End of the Road," now this speaks volumes about Ace Frehley and Bruce Kulick, and they at times. They still play, you know, obviously Cold Gin in, in uh, Parasite, Parasite at times. Um, two Ace, you know, I writes. But you could say the same. Vinny has Lick It Up and I Love It Loud currently in 2021 when they play. That's as many as, as Ace has for his writing and what they currently play. And Bruce has the goose egg. And that's not, a, a you know, anything bad about Bruce. But there's none. So when you talk about what they contributed songwriting-wise, um, there's Ace and, and Vinny, at least in the current what playlist they're doing now, 
the same amount and that just is what it is as they say yeah no that's a it, it's a fair point and if you and and, and if uh, you want uh, variations on that conversation make sure that uh, you check out the three sides of the coin podcast uh, you can get it in a lot of different ways uh, I do like the the video version of it because uh, that you know, the, it's more subtle, sort of the way you guys uh, rag on each other, uh, or uh, when you have your your fourth side, uh, Lisa, on to it's. Uh, it, it is one of those weird things that uh, there's a lot. You, you get some of the more subtleties than when you're listening, and uh, so find it on YouTube, find it everywhere. And uh, Mark, uh, your your band is called Left for Dead. I hope I said the name right. Yes, Left for Dead. Uh, you can find the record now. Here's the because there's a there's like a punk band and a speed metal band because we weren't super original because we just don't care um, about that sort of thing. It got great, you know. We did dynamite with reviews and and uh, and all this stuff. But anyways, um, we have a song called Rock and Roll Dogs, which is you can find on YouTube, and the album is called LFD, which I don't have a copy of because I'm horrible at promoting myself. Um, but it looks just like the Fog Hat cover. So that's uh, if you see. Oh, Fog cool. Hat, we stole the how they did live across. We just did LFD. It looks just like the Mog Hat cover. But uh, you can find it on Amazon and Spotify. But it's Left for Dead, and the name of the record is LFD. So, uh, and, and again, it's just old school hard rock and, and metal. You know, just as if anybody who would talk to me for 10 minutes would go, okay, I get it now because this guy isn't going to be playing, you know, any kind of soft music or country music, whatever. It's all about the rock. So. Yeah. Well, uh, no, yeah, and that's great, and I'm glad that uh, that the, it's it's out there, easily found uh, on YouTube. Uh, and uh, Don, I know uh, from uh, your shows and uh, following you on social media that uh, you've been doing some gigs. Uh, some of them, the comedians of the compound, because you have your show, that Jameson show on Compound Media, uh, the uh, behemoth that was founded by Anthony Cumia. Uh, and uh, so you also have uh, some gigs. Uh, at least I know of one with uh, Florentine coming up, and you've done some. Uh, so how has it been going out? And obviously, going out and doing comedy, it's a lot different than, you know, trying to tour with a road crew and a full band and techs and all that. How has it been performing in front of people? Yeah, I mean, that's the difference. I mean, with, you know, comics, it's just us. You know, we put our dick jokes in our pocket and we go, you know. So, <laughs> you know, I don't need a dick joke tech. Um, yeah. just, <laughs> they just come natural. So, uh, yeah. You know, it's honestly been really great to me. It's it's all about the audience being comfortable. You know, I'm not freaked out by this whole thing. But um, the clubs that have been playing, um, they've done a great job with the social distancing. So everyone kind of feels at ease. They don't feel like they're too close. From But also as a comic, I don't feel like the crowd's too spread out. So it's been a nice balance. It's not ideal. You know, obviously we're working at smaller capacity. But the the people that are coming um, are having a great time because they obviously feel comfortable enough to come out and they're laughing at stuff that, you know, that they probably wouldn't normally laugh at because they haven't, they've been locked up for the last year. And um, hey, let's face it, this is the lowest string of sellouts I've ever had in my life. So um, <laughs> I kind of like performing at 25% capacity. All my shows are sellouts. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, we need you now more than ever, man. We need, we need <laughs> comedy now more than ever, my friend. Thank you, you know? Mark. 
the uh, the other day on his uh, radio show, Jim Norton was talking about how twenty five percent capacity is great because it won't look so bad when he only sells twenty percent. You know, yeah. they'll be like, "Oh, you were close <laughs> enough." Uh, and uh, so people can find out about uh, all the upcoming gigs at donjamesonofficial.com. And uh, just take a quick moment to talk about this documentary, Long Live Rock. Yeah, Long Live Rock's a, a project I've been involved with the last four years, and I did a little you know, a little voiceover on it. And, um, you know, I was involved with helping put it together. And um, it's just, you know, it's just a great, cool rock doc. You know, there's a million of them out there. And this one just really highlights, um, it's and not just recycling all the stuff you've heard about all these bands, you know, like Metallica or Five Finger Death Punch and Korn or Lizzie Hale or whoever. It it's also puts a spotlight on the fans and sort of the, that symbiotic relationship that the fans have with the bands and that the bands have with the fans. So it's not just another one where they give you the history of all these bands. It really shows how much we're in sync with one another, how much we both need each other. And yeah, a lot of people need comedy at this time, but we also need music. So until there's the big shows again, Long Live Rock is out there. And uh, there's a link on my Instagram page if you want to uh, stream it. Uh, go to Don Jameson Official on the IG. On the IG, thank you. On the, the gram. Said. And uh, Carson, you're on the gram and the Twitter, as Letterman would say. Uh, Carson on air in both places, right? Yep, yep. And uh, people can find you uh, mornings in, in Nashville where you live with uh, Big D and Bubba, right? We're actually nationwide because we're syndicated. Also, I just finished. I knew that. Uh, it's all, I mean, dude, whatever. It's fine. Are you listening to country music? I know you're no. not. It's fine. Um, but I did, on in our world, I just finished uh, season two of Music's Greatest Mysteries, which should be on Access in, I think it's this summer. They're going to okay. So, yeah. So I can't tell you the mysteries because apparently I'm not allowed to. But, um <laughs> That, and that makes we, it better. Uh, and to uh, bring it back, bring it back around to Kiss. If you're in Southern California, be sure to come out to see Kissed Alive, the uh, hottest tribute band in Southern California. They'll be doing a drive-in show at Diamond Stadium, which is home of the Lake Elsinore Storm minor league baseball team. Uh, this Saturday at 7 p.m., it'll be a drive-in concert with yours truly as a guest announcer. Uh, and uh, it'll uh, be fun because I want to see if I can throw out my voice just asking if people uh, wanted the best and they've got the best. Uh, and uh, if I don't, I, I feel like I didn't really do it right. But, uh, and you can always find me. What's that? Can I tell you one more thing? Um, sure. To be on the lookout because we're talking about Kiss. Uh, a few months ago, I went to Doc McGee's estate sale and I snuck it in GoPro, and that will be hitting the YouTubes in uh, the next. I'm trying to make sure the house is sold before I put the footage on. I remember. I forgot you did that, and I texted you, and there. Then Doctor Giza State Sale didn't have anything that was in my price range, not even close. No, my no. buddy who did all the filming, I know he's editing it, so I will make sure that that is also oh, very linked. Cool. I, you I can can't wait. Yeah. You can yeah. Well. We'll be sure to let everybody know where to find that. And uh, obviously you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. And if you're uh, watching on YouTube, please subscribe to Blackcast YouTube channel. We have this show and uh, whole others. Thanks so much to my guests, Mark Cicchini of Three Sides of the Coin, Don Jameson of That Jameson Show, and Carson of all the things she mentioned, including Rock and Roll Mysteries. Thanks to everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, we will see you next time on the Blackcast. Thanks. Our love will change.